today's episode, I am flying solo and I'm going to give you a recap on the Tough Mudder weekend that we just went through. Um, also some potential future events. But first, if you are a new listener and you enjoy this episode, go back and listen to the rest. Most of them are with Alessandra and I both um, breaking down topics. Then we just try to digest all the uh, all the crazy info that's out there and give it to you in a, a more digestible format that you can apply in your everyday life. Returning listeners, you know the deal. If you have listened to this podcast over and over and over and you have not yet left a review, please do so. This is a free podcast. It's free content. Everything we do on here is free. No sponsors besides our personal companies. Uh, that's all we ask. So this past weekend, myself, a few of my friends, we went to a Tough Mudder. Um, this is my second. I did one 11 years ago, 2020. No, 2023. That's this year. Uh, 2012. So 11 years ago, I think my junior year of college with uh, me and my brother. That was my first my first experience with Tough Mudder. Loved it. I did that on a busted ankle. This one I did on a semi-busted foot. Uh, for those of you who saw the video, uh, my wife and I were moving our stock tank full of chickens and I was doing that barefoot. She tripped. We both dropped it, landed on my foot. So that was a really nice bone bruise probably. Um, so training was not too crazy leading up to the event. Um, but we got it done. Myself, um, two of my very good friends, and then uh, a couple other buddies that uh, my other friend actually went to college with, him and his brother. So rented a house up in Vermont for the weekend. It was on Stratton Mountain, which they say is one of the more difficult Tough Mudder courses because it's actually on a mountain. It's not like flat ground or you know going through some basic trails. You are going up and down a mountain and it absolutely destroys your legs. Um, that was what I was really worried about was the cramps. I've, I was doing more high rep stuff. <clears throat> a lot of higher rep, 15, 20 rep supersets. Uh, just trying to get my legs prepared for this because it's been, it's been an issue, whether it's a regular hike you know, we did uh, Mount Washington. I actually made it through uh, without too much cramping, but we did Franconia Notch, which is also New Hampshire, the White Mountains, I believe. Um, I don't know, five years ago, something like that. And had the worst cramps of my life. Uh, there was a really bad storm that day. It was drizzling at the bottom, which I guess most normal hikers know that's a big no-no. Uh, you don't go to the top if it's drizzling at the bottom because the top is probably insane. So it was basically a hurricane at the top. My legs stopped functioning, um, literally full lockout, rolled down a mini cliff, like a four foot rock as my legs were like extending themselves. Um, and I was basically laying in a gully between a couple rocks, just avoiding the wind, um, telling everyone else to just get to safety without me. And I would, uh, I'd make my way <laughs> when I could make my way. Ended up having a friend give me a shoulder for a couple miles. We made it down to a, uh, a little hiker's hut where for some reason they had uh, a bunch of cookies. <laughs> so we restocked there, refueled with some cookies and some water and some electrolytes, made it down the rest of the way. So needless to say, this was a traumatizing event and it's what I was most worried about for Tough Mudder. Um, but I'm always down to challenge myself. Now what we've been talking about a lot lately is not using these challenges as your foundation um, for your habits, for your structure, for your regimen. Uh, relying on these types of things to get yourself into shape because it's obviously not sustainable. We're not going to do a Tough Mudder every weekend. This is not something that is a maintainable way or a maintainable approach to living your life in regards to keeping your health and fitness on track. Um, but obviously, I, I have a great foundation. This is what I do for a living. Uh, so it's nice to to challenge yourself and, and do something that you 
feel you may not possibly be able to do. And there was some anxiety leading up to it. Um, you know, what if I cramp up? What if I can't finish? What if, what if this happens? What if that? And I think that what if voice gets stuck in a lot of our heads. Um, you know, when it comes to doing something that's going to be a challenge and is not a guarantee that you're going to be able to do uh, successfully and complete. So I kind of, you know, went through the motions of asking myself, okay, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? And I, realistically, the worst thing that could happen is you don't finish it. I, I get through half of it. I get through whatever portion of it and my legs totally seize. I can't keep going. Kind of embarrassing, kind of frustrating, um, but I mean, that's the worst thing that could happen. Where do we go from there? So this is where I really uh, knew that this is something I wanted to do is from that point, let's say I do fail, it's going to light a fire under me. And this is something I talked about through uh, social media the other day. When you fail at something you're passionate at, it can take you to heights that you would not have achieved otherwise. So if you had succeeded your first time and you continued down this path, you may not have reached your full potential. You may not have put in all of the effort that you would have otherwise, you know, assuming you failed. You may not have had that level of dedication, that consistency, that fire burning within you. So um, that was my answer. If I fail, if the worst thing that could happen happens, I work harder. I do better next time. I push myself to greater heights. So that was a reassuring and motivating factor in this approach. Um, so I'll break down the race. I'm going to go through all that and, uh, you know, the, the fire, it's kind of lit under me from that point, but I do want to backtrack a little bit. Um, because for me, this wasn't so much for the physical aspect. My life revolves around health and fitness. Um, it's something that I enjoy doing. Like I, I enjoy being, uh, dedicated to making myself feel good and, uh, being comfortable in my own skin. Um, but it was not always that way. My mindset training has taken a new level here over the last two, four, six, ten years. Um, there's been different different levels to that. Uh, but it really all started with when I got sick. So for those of you who are maybe new listeners or just not familiar with my story, I was diagnosed with Barrett's esophagus when I was 21 years old. Um, so when I could legally start drinking, I basically officially stopped drinking. Uh, in college, I drank more than most people probably will in their entire lives. Um, I just, I destroyed my health, I destroyed my body, taking all the supplements in the world and uh, not sleeping and drinking like a mofo, you know, your, your typical college experience. Um, because of that, I ended up developing Barrett's esophagus, which is essentially your esophageal, esophageal, esophageal lining eroding to the point where it looks very similar to your stomach lining. Um, so with this, you are more susceptible to esophageal cancer. Um, that number has come down significantly from what they used to think it was, but you are still at a higher risk. Um, and that gets even higher if you do uh, progress to dysplasia. Low-grade, high-grade dysplasia does have an even higher risk of de developing esophageal cancer. And I did develop, over the course of this, the higher-grade dysplasia. Um, so initially, I was told... You know, there's nothing you can do to heal. At this point, it's just about management. We don't want it to get worse. We want to make sure this doesn't turn into cancer, yada, 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 yada. So for the first few years of this, I put my head down. I took the medicine, proton pump inhibitors, basically blocking your stomach from producing acid, which come to find out also prevents you from absorbing certain nutrients, being able to digest things like vitamin B12. And B12 deficiencies are not fun. It can lead to, obviously, low energy um, central nervous system issues, all of the above did I, did I end up having? 
Um, so I got to a point where I literally did not think I was going to make it to 25 years old. I told my parents that um, they thought I was kidding. I thought it was a, a morbid joke. I legitimately did not think I would be alive at 25 years old. That's how bad I felt. Um, it felt like I was having a heart attack every single day. I was on the couch for a good portion of it at a certain point. Um, heart would pound really fast. Chest would get really tight, be difficult to breathe. It got much worse at night, so sleeping sucked. Developed a lot of anxiety. Um, never wanted to be alone. What if I'm out shopping, whatever it is. And uh, I have an episode, and I feel terrible, and I'm alone. What happens then? I go for a hike by myself. I die in the middle of the woods. These are the thoughts that would go through my head. Um, so I felt very, very vulnerable, very weak, you know, for, for a long time. Um, and then I started learning about things I could do to heal, things I could do to fix my body, things I could do lifestyle-wise and diet approach that could help my body, you know, get back to normal. And that was something that I've been doing. I've been on this journey for the last decade, really, um, just trial and error, experimenting with new things, doing my research, doing my due, due diligence, um, seeking out others who have gone through similar things and, you know, how did they fix their gut and how did they make sure that these symptoms were alleviated and how did they get off the medicine without making things worse. Um, so that was something that I would not have done had I not been diagnosed with Barrett's esophagus. I would not have done these things to research gut health and the importance of gut health and how, uh, how much of a dictator it is, how much of a, uh, a marker it is for longevity overall, you know, uh, microbial diversity, the different types, different species of bacteria living in your gut, the good stuff, not the bad stuff, and how that helps balance out the bad stuff, um, and just the superpowers that those have. Um, so I won't dive into that. That's obviously its own topic, but I would not have learned all of these things and experimented and, and found the regimen that helps me thrive, allowed me to get off the medication, allowed me to heal, um, I'm no longer take the medicine, obviously, as I just kind of hit on. I'm also free of Barrett's esophagus. I have no inflammation as of my last surgery. Um, part of that is the radiofrequency ablation. So they actually burn my esophagus with a laser beam every other month for over a year. So in total, I've had, I don't know, close to a dozen surgeries. Um, all those radiofrequency ablations plus plenty of scrapes and uh, dilations. They stick a balloon down there and blow it up to stretch my esophagus back out because it gets restricted during the course of all this. Um, so I've been through it all, but I've been off of all medicine for probably a solid five years. I was on and off prior to that. I would take it on an as-needed basis. I have not taken anything in about five years. So fully cleared. I have stayed cleared. I've been clear for about two years at this point. Um, since healing from those surgeries, uh, and my most recent surgery was about two months ago to stretch my esophagus back out again, and they always do biopsies when they go in. Um, so I've been clear, free and clear from that point, and that is entirely due to my approach, um, the things I'm doing for my gut, the things I'm doing for my health, um, the things I notice make me feel worse, taking note of those things, taking note of the things that make me feel better. Um, but one of the last, or a couple of the last things to come back were energy and vitality and my mental health. So energy and vitality, just because I had been so deficient in certain things for such a long time, and there was so much inflammation going on in my body. Um, it's only been about four months since I felt like a real human again, something like that, um, where I've had the energy to do things on my own and just, you know, not, not exist, but actually live. You know, a lot of times I was just going through the motions and even though I wasn't quote unquote as sick as I was before, 
I still wasn't living. And that was not good enough for me. It was very frustrating. I sought out other things. I sought out peptides. I sought out um, hormone optimization therapy. So I was on testosterone for about a week. That was its own story. Um, my body did not respond well to those things. It actually elevated my heart rate. And a lot of the things I was feeling symptom-wise uh, came back. And that isn't a knock on those things. I know I've heard great things for other people. And you know, especially with peptides, very minimal um, side effects overall. I'm just the... Uh, the vulnerable minority that does become susceptible to these things, basically. So that felt good for a day, felt terrible for a few weeks, and I no longer did those things. Um, but I, I, I kept my, you know, my nose to the turf, and I kept grinding. I kept doing the same things. Um, we started working with a, a PA that we brought on to the SD Evolution team, Danielle Kepix. She's been awesome. Um, she did a GI map for me and really helped me figure out what was going on in there and then go through some more holistic um, holistic approaches to, to resolving those things. So I had some, well, obviously a ton of inflammation, um, some overgrowth in regards to bad bacteria versus good bacteria. I had no good bacteria, which to me was the most surprising thing because fiber diversity has been the staple of what I've been doing for a very long time since I really dove into this journey. So having no good bacteria was very concerning, very confusing, um, but we've spent the last three, four months uh, rebalancing. So getting the good bacteria in, killing the bacteria, killing the parasites, I had a couple of parasites, um, H. pylori and Giardia. We took care of that with some, some herbal remedies. Now we are restocking the good stuff and I'm about to enter my maintenance phase. So a uh, little history there. Getting into the, the flow of life again has been great. Having energy again has been great. Being able to run around with my son and not feel like dog shit and just being there again, just watching life happen. That was something that was very frustrating to me. That has been on the up and up. And then the second component, component of that was my mental health. So having confidence again, trusting my ability to do things on my own. Um, I called it medical anxiety during the midst of all this. Like I would trigger panic attacks just via the thought of some episode occurring at some point in time when I was alone. Um, so this is something I've been challenged with for a long time. Um, the anxiety, the difficulty controlling emotions, um, you know, even growing up, just difficulty controlling anger. So this obviously compounded on top of that was not great. And that's why I got into meditation, mindfulness. That's why I'm so drawn to Buddhism. I don't call myself a Buddhist, but for those of you who have listened to a bunch of our episodes, I follow a lot of their practices. I read a lot of the books and I'm, I'm very, very intrigued by it. Um, how deep will I get into that? Time will tell. Um, but I just think it's an awesome, awesome philosophy, if, if nothing else. Just being a good person, being compassionate towards others, caring about others, being kind, living in the present moment, avoiding distractions. Mindfulness is how I've, I've really changed my life. So through meditation, through cold exposure, through uh, the sauna, heat exposure, just all of those concepts being built around living in the present moment. So the journey that I've been on was not only physical, it was mental. And that was really where we tie this back into the Tough mutter conversation. Um, it wasn't that I wanted to find a new way to challenge myself physically. That was part of it. I wanted to push myself. But it's also, can you get yourself the grind when it feels like you absolutely cannot, when it feels like you can't continue, can you keep moving? Can you keep doing these things? Can you keep marching up that hill? Can you put one foot in front of the other? And uh, mission accomplished. We, we, we did the full Tough Mudder on very minimal training. Uh, sorry, grabbing a drink here. 
I don't think any of us trained. We we talked about it. There was plenty of heads up. We uh, we knew we were doing this for a few months at least, and I was training. I was getting more cardio in. I was starting to cater things towards it. it. Hurt my foot. That all went out the window. So we just we got there. We showed up and we just got shit done. Um, for those of you unfamiliar, Tough Mudder is a uh, charitable event. They support the Wounded Warrior Foundation, helping disabled veterans. Um, you know, it's a it's a great great charity. Um, and the the courses they do this around the country. They have some at speedways. They have some at trails. We are lucky enough to live in New England, and the New England Tough Mudder is always on a mountain, um, which is awesome because it's super challenging. So this one was nine miles. The first one I did was 10 to 12. It fell in that range. This one they call it a 15K. ended up being about nine and a half miles, I believe. 30 different obstacles. So you're climbing. You're jumping over walls. You're climbing these 60-foot nets. You're doing these uh, ice plunges where you have to go underwater under these beams. You're going through these crazy monkey bars over some water, and then you're doing you know, ninja crawls across some ropes and all kinds of crazy stuff. It's fun. It's it's uh, all builds on camaraderie, so it is it is a race. And they actually have um, the world's toughest mutter, which is a 24-hour tough mutter. I believe it ends up being like 100 miles these these ultra guys are coming and, and finishing. But these mini ones, the, the 15K that I call it a 10-mile hike as a mini, um, they're built on camaraderie, so you're supposed to stop, help people through obstacles, um, you know, mentally or physically. If they're worried about it, if they can't get through something, um, some of them you literally need help. So there's there's teamwork uh, obstacles where there were these huge uh, rotating cubes in the middle of this cold water. You jump up, half the team or half the group that's in there with you lifts it up as half the group goes over, and then the next group helps for the following and the following and the following. So. Um, that's how it's built. It's challenging physically, mentally, but it's also there to establish relationships and camaraderie and even going through it. Like we're cramping up. People are asking, you know, do you want some Swedish fish? Do you want a protein bar? Do you want, you know, <laughs> some kid gave us like 20 mustard packets. He says it helps with cramps within like 30 seconds, which it did. I guess, I don't know if the, the vinegar helps you vasodilate and get the sodium in there a lot quicker and relieve it, but mental or whatever, it worked. Helped, uh, helped on a few occasions. So just really cool people doing these events. Um, electrotherapy, the uh, running through 10,000 volts, getting shocked. I don't remember it being as nuts as it was this time. Um, me and one of my buddies actually had like heart flutters after that, which who knows what that means. But we got through it and we're fine. Um, but again, it was it was a lot of leg cramping building up. So some of the things that I was worried about, I didn't get the full, you know, legs seized up, locked out, rolled over, but I was very close. Um, you know, going up, you think the hill's almost over and you have another mile, you, you know, you go around a quarter and you see another mile straight up. But it was one of those things, like I was talking about before, head down, one foot in front of the other, just don't stop, keep going until your body literally doesn't allow it. And it's pretty empowering to see how much farther you can go than you thought you were able to. Um, you know, 10 years ago, I may have stopped. I may have flopped on the ground and just chilled for half an hour, 10 minutes, 15 minutes when those legs were on the brink of collapse. This time we're in the same spot. I would just change the angle, change the way I was walking, throw my hands on my knees if I had to for a couple minutes and literally just keep moving. Um, so by the time we finished it, it was just a very empowering feeling. Um, mindfulness at its finest, you know, you're up there with no phone, obviously, you're on this beautiful mountain. So every once in a while, you do stop and turn around and just look at the view. And it's absolutely incredible. Um, 
So that was what I was looking forward to. I was trying to get to that hurdle and I was hoping to ignite something. And I think I did that, you know, by the end of that, I actually felt great the next day. Like we were pretty beat up. My, my ankles were locked up. My knees were locked up, obviously super tight. Uh, but I felt great all things considered aside from being a little sore and a little tight like mentally my, my central nervous system it did not feel overworked I felt great um, there was a stomach bug going around which we are we are all still currently battling um, either about to get it Kai already had it um, or in the midst of it so the second day I don't know if it was just Dom's delayed onset muscle soreness 48 hours later um, or a, you know a culmination of tough mutter plus the bug Plus the uh, humidifier that was in our room ran out of water. So we both, uh, Alessandra and I both woke up with itchy lung, that feeling where you breathe in and it kind of tickles and it's kind of itchy and you're coughing if you breathe in all the way. So it was like the perfect storm of all this crazy shit. Um, today, feeling decent. I'm still not training just because if I am fighting off that bug, I don't want to give you know my body an excuse to kind of collapse and give into it. Um, Alessandra felt great yesterday and today it looks like she may be getting hit with that. So I'm not pushing the envelope. I'm doing some little things, working on the chicken coop, uh, probably go for a walk. I might do a light bike ride, um, but just allowing myself the recovery. Anyway, point being the challenge of that made me want to, or is making me consider the possibility of doing some different events. Um, you know, whether that is eventually an Ironman, we're going to start with some baby steps. There, there is a, uh, a half marathon and a marathon down in Hartford in, I believe, Alessandra said October. So once I do recover, I'm going to start some longer distance runs, start building that, building that into my normal routine, um, see how my body holds up, see if I am enjoying it, see if I still have that fire. We'll probably do that for a few weeks and then I'll make the commitment as to whether or not I'm going to do that marathon from that point, you know, some, some additional cross training. We'll see, uh, if the Ironman, uh, is something that I want to put in my sights. So the Ironman, I believe is a two and a half mile swim, then a 112 mile bike ride, and then a marathon. Um, never in my life would I thought, would I think I would have been interested in doing that? Would I have been intrigued by the concept? And by no means am I committing to that, but I am thinking about it. It's in the back of my mind right now. Um, and when I have things like this in my head, I, it's usually when I'm performing my best and it's something else that gives you something to train for. You know, I'm not super great about keeping up with cardio. Um, this is obviously a fantastic reason to do so because you will die if you don't, um, you're, just, you're not going to be able to complete it. So just being more well-rounded and the approach of, uh, you know, not just training to train. I know I enjoy it and, uh, there's highs and lows and lulls where, you go through it just because it's part of what you do. And sometimes it's just more enjoyable than others. But having a reason to train has always been, you know, it just puts you over the top. It's always been that much more enjoyable. So that is something that I am pondering at the moment. Um, looking forward to getting some harder runs in um, and just researching the, the thoughts and the, the training concepts of some of these guys who are already doing these things. And if, if that you know, fully lights that fire. That's something I'm definitely going to pursue. Um, but it all started because of this, you know, this mindset challenge, this challenge to myself to see how far I could go to, to get through a tough mutter when, you know, <laughs> we ask, you know, a handful of people and everyone's like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. doesn't interest me. Or I did it once. I'm no need to do it again. I already checked that box. Um, we got a group that was, that was up for the challenge and, you know, we're going to see how far we can keep pushing this thing. But 
Just wanted to uh, give you guys a recap of the weekend. It was a fun weekend, even though we're feeling the repercussions of that now with that stomach bug. Um, and just uh, the reminder that, you know, we have been talking a lot about not building your lifestyle, not building your regimen, not building your habits on the concept of just ridiculous struggle, ridiculous challenge. It's just, it's not sustainable, but there is an approach. There is an application for these more difficult things. If you are into the 75 hard, if you are into these, you know, specific events, something difficult to train for and, or a hike to go do or an excursion, you know, getting out in nature, whatever it is, some type of hybrid, all these things are still good for your health, your mental health and your physical health. Um, and we've highlighted the other side of things, the basics, getting the basics in place. But we did not talk a lot about the benefits and what can come from that occasional challenge, that occasional difficult pursuit that you sprinkle in on the top, giving yourself something to train for, giving yourself something else to, to motivate you externally. Um, it, it is nice to work with every once in a while. And, you know, that was where I'm at. Tough Mudder may have lit that fuse at the very least. You know, I'm, I'm definitely more interested in consistently doing the, the functional stuff, consistently doing the, the more difficult hikes, the functional training, doing some rucks, getting into kettlebell work, actually focusing on improving my mobility for a longer duration rather than, oh shit, I'm really tight this week. I should stretch for the next few weeks. Um, just feeling good for the long term. And I know some of you might throw that back at me and saying those, you know, endurance events are going to be bad for your joints and your body longer term. But you know, if you take care of yourself, obviously there are ways to manage those and mitigate those negative effects. Um, so well-rounded approach, everything we do is building for life and building healthy body and building for longevity and making training fun, making it interesting and challenging yourself, not only physically, but mentally, um, just disconnecting and unplugging so you can reconnect with the present moment and in the, in the world and appreciate life to, uh, to the fullest extent. So this was a very recharging weekend, even though, again, we are a little bit run down from everything that's going on, uh, fighting this bug off. I am going to wrap it up here, guys. I just wanted to give you a quick recap, talk about a little bit uh, in regards to, you know, when it is nice to sprinkle in some challenges. And if you guys have things you've put on your list, little things that you've thought maybe you'd want to do one day, maybe this is your little push to start exploring that. Um, Put it on the calendar. Start looking things up. When are some events you could or some dates you could you could get these things done? Whether it is an event or a hike or you know a backpacking through the woods or anything that that you've been interested in in the past that you've kind of let slide to the wayside. Set your foundation. Get your simple habits in place first. Then start plugging in the more difficult assessments of what can I do? How far can I push myself? Um, what are the little things that I can align to support these loftier goals, these shorter term, I say shorter term as in not something you're going to maintain for long term, but these shorter term goals that you want to accomplish. So we'll wrap it up here. You can find me at Josh Skutnik and everything else is linked in the show notes.